Welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. I'm your host, Robert Gerrish. Flying Solo is an Australian online community and home to stacks of free resources, discussion forums, professional development tools, and a whole lot more. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. My guest today is Susie Jacobs, founder of She Business, Australia's business club for women. Welcome, Susie. Hi, Rob. Absolutely great to be here. Thank you so much. Now, look, our topic today is franchising a path for you. Now, clearly, this is something I think that a number of businesses, not every business, but some businesses is considering whether it's setting their own business up as something that's franchisable, if that's a word, or maybe thinking about purchasing a franchise. So what I th- where I thought we might start with you is why did you choose franchising for She Business? Uh, there were very clear um, opportunities, I thought, within the franchising model. So it would really allow us to go across Australia in a way which I thought was meaningful. So behind She Business is our desire to create great leaders, great business leaders across Australia and franchising uh, and giving people ownership of She Business lent itself to, to franchising be the model. Okay, so the, by the sounds of it, very little sort of hesitation from you. And I know that, you know, I was, I was speaking with you at some point when you were in the early stages of setting up She Business and you've, you've always been one that has a very, very, very clear picture of where you're going with everything. Um, but presumably then licensing, which I guess is an alternative to that, was not on your kind of shopping list. Why is that? What, what would licensing not give you that franchising does give you? control. Um, (laughs) Franchising really, it allows you to control your brand. Uh, And but that actually wasn't the the essence of it. The reason is because there's a lot of um, uh, behind the scenes work that's gone into into research and the way we deliver our education and our programs and the way our community works which was created on the back of all that research and, and uh, it, you know, a lot of thought went into it about the impact we wanted to have on the business world. Franchising allows us to ensure that all of that gets delivered at every stage of she business service or product being delivered, whereas licensing uh, allows you to have other people use your brand uh, and as long as they're staying you know, within the realm of what's acceptable, that's okay. So there's a lot less work from a head office perspective, a lot less training from a head office perspective. But there's a, there's a part of she business which is, um, uh, what's the word, Rob? It's, it's, un- it's it, untouchable. It's, it's behind the scenes. Okay. And so for me it was important that our franchisees, our leaders got access to that and they really understood it and got continual training in order to deliver that to market. Hmm. Okay. And I guess that the part of the um, the appeal, and, and clearly control is, is a very important thing, particularly when you're you know, growing a business like yours and you want to replicate it and build it in a number of, of different sort of centers. Presumably what you want is for anybody going to any she business meeting anywhere gets exactly the same kind of burger and chips. Is that... Would that be right? It, absolutely. Mm. So for our leaders to be trained uh, as well, because we're, as I said, we're creating great leaders across Australia. 
And then for every person who came in contact with any leader across Australia got that same experience. Because a lot of the work we're doing is, as I said, around gender, around business, and those messages are important to get out there in the, in the most uh, effective way possible. Mm, effective and, and consistent, obviously. Correct. Yeah. So what's, what's the process like? I, so I've, I've not had any direct contact myself with... Um, with the franchise councillors, I believe it's called, or, or looked at how it works. But I remember uh, working with somebody years ago who was just completely overwhelmed by what it took to turn his business into something that was franchisable. Clearly, you've, you've handled it. What was the process like? Uh, I think that I've been lucky that for most of the time that she business has existed, which is three years, I've had people who are very detail-oriented around me. And so they drive what I should think would drive most people crazy, which is that you know, heavily systemized, processed, uh, attention to detail to, uh, approach to business. So they've been there with me the whole way through and probably taken a bit of heat of me in that respect. But it's, it's uh, and I've got legal, lots of legal eagles in my family, so I have a good understanding of legal systems and how the legal process works. So I'm familiar with that kind of thinking. So I think both of those things helped me to understand what the process was going to be. Uh, but there, are, there it is something which is uh, arduous, um, complex, expensive, uh, but it, it's also good training, Rob. You know, mm. if, if you have to systemize your business so that somebody else can replicate it, that's really the pinnacle of a great business. Well, so look, really I, valuable. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I guess I, I suppose I'm thinking back to this one particular guy that um, that I worked with years ago, and he had a business that had been running for years and years and years. And then he decided he wanted to turn it into a franchise. Whereas you've designed your business pretty well from the get-go as a franchise business, haven't you? So- I think that's I think that's a critical uh, um, definition there, and, mm. and really insightful. That's that's we were always going to be a franchise, yeah. and but for somebody to go and change their habits and change that systems after all those years, I could imagine would be difficult. Mm. So yeah, okay. So as you say, the discipline though of, of creating a business that is replicable, you know, having all your your systems and processes documented, as as you say, and and I absolutely agree with you. It's it's such an important and valuable thing to have in a business, and it still amazes me. So many people in a solo business think, well, that's not relevant to me. Whereas, in fact, I think it's, if anything, it's more relevant to a solo business because it actually can give us a sense of freedom. Once we've got some processes, it means we can have people support us and we can actually take a step back from and go away on a holiday and all those kind of wild things. But anyway, I won't move us away too much from your topic. So you've now been running the, your business for a while. You've got some franchisees that, are, that, are, that have come into the fold and that's starting to go quite nicely. What are, you sort of, what are, you, what are your early kind of lessons? What have you learned as, as, as people come towards you and say, yes, please, I'd like to buy a franchise? What's that like? It's uh, the lessons uh, ongoing um, about the kind of people who you initially, uh, it's a bit like any business when you set up and you're prepared to talk to anyone who's interested in your product or service. (laughs) So you definitely get that sense of, yes, I'm open for business, so please come speak to me. Uh, I think that the bigger lessons have been in um, 
we because we started out I had franchises basically from the day we opened the doors. Hmm. So we're a very, you know, we're only been around for three years. So you're in startup phase and we're startup phase like any business. So there's lots of changes and there's constant investment back into the business where things are evolving all the time. And I, I think it's a, a paradigm that most businesses are working in regardless of whether they're in franchising or not. Hmm. However, when you're franchising, it means you need to incorporate all those uh, changes and all those improvements continually into your systems. Hmm. So uh, with our two franchisees who came on very early in the piece, they have certainly had felt their frustrations with those changes. And then last year we made a big change in one of the, in the way that in the uh, back, back-end system we were using and once again implementing that, the training involved, uh, you know, taking on new technology which challenges people's uh, abilities in that area, um, had its own challenges. Mm. So I think it's been that we've been in startup phase and franchising from the very beginning that have been, have been our biggest challenges. Yeah, and I guess one of the lovely things, one of the real benefits of a franchise is that you're all, all of your your franchisees, you're all working together to imp- constantly improve the model, whether wittingly or unwittingly, aren't you? If something gets changed in one place and you can see that it's good, it gets changed throughout everywhere. So it must be, it must be quite exciting in that sense that you've got so many people contributing to the development of your business. I think that, and I wrote an article recently about franchising being just a great so, sort of social enterprise and I think that I have a, my approach to business has that kind of new paradigm of people, purpose, planet, profit is my four P's right. and then franchising as I said allows you to be invested in what we're delivering because they're invested in what we're doing, they're not thinking from an external place, they're very much thinking from an internal place and that's Fabulous. You've got this great sense of team. And I think it's there are so many people walking away from the corporate world to have that sense of flexibility and independence. Yet there are lots of downfalls of going into business for ourselves as long as mm. as as well as great things. And I think franchising allows you to actually get a bit of both. You get that sense of team, you get that sense of being part of something bigger, and you also get your own business to build yeah oh, look that was that was going to be my next question is what what are the what are the real sort of benefits of of buying a franchise and I think you've, you've alluded to a few of them there are you finding that people coming to you are those people that um, typically have been used to a great deal of structure and therefore sort of co- are constantly demanding it or are they people that have started a business by themselves and and are realizing now that you know, something's missing. Who are the, Typically, who are the people that are coming to you? Yeah, great question. It's actually both. And okay. you pretty much nailed both different camps there. Mm. So we have corporate people who, uh, as we know, are making up the uh, masses of the numbers of biz- new businesses opening, or, or women leaving the corporate environment, right. you, you, you know, usually after having kids. And so they come along. And they start to get a sense that the skills that they need in the corporate market are different perhaps to the ones in small business. Um, And so they are excited because they can get a sense that they can work and have that structure around them. 
Okay. As well as having that flexibility. And on the other side are those people who have tried something similar. And we tend to have business coaches, uh, trainers, facilitators, people who have maybe tried to start up their own community or own network or own mastermind groups uh, or just in that coaching space. And they've realized they're just not getting the push through in a very noisy and competitive market. And she business gives them that um, bigger brand and the, the both, the flexibility and the independence to work with the brand. Mm, okay. And I remember for years, you know, franchises were always being sold on the basis that a franchise business uh, has a much greater um, sort of history or track record of success than a non-franchise business. Is that still uh, very much the, the sort of the story that the franchise world puts out? Is, is, in, would that be your, your summary as well? Rob, I'd love to say, of course it is. <laughs> uh, I think in all the literature I've read, it's unsubstantiated. Hmm. I think what you can draw from those numbers is that if you're buying into a franchise, there is an established brand there. There are an established systems and processes, and I certainly feel for, for women, and that's the environment I work in, yeah. when we uh, have a lot of responsibilities in home and personal and, and career, a franchise, if we call it that, uh, gives them a structure which allows them to use their skills in the best possible way without having to do the rest of the stuff in business. Mm. So the established brand plus our ability to focus uh, and, and really use the skills that they've got would give them a better success rate than starting out. And look, the success rate for small business, let's face it, is is pretty appalling over the, the course of 10 years. Mm. Even five years, it's not good. Nine out of 10 businesses in Australia, Australia fail. Uh, within 10 years hmm. yeah look i won't go into that debate because i know as you said with the uh, some of the franchise stats some of the small business failure rates are um are woefully exaggerated also but let's not oh really there. okay good podcast <laughs> but, but <laughs> yes, it's, let's not go there right now. But um, there is there is no doubt that uh, that that failure can happen. And I, I think the interesting thing with that, though, just while we're on it, is is failure is not always some spectacular financial explosion. But can for many can just be you know what I don't want to do this. I'd rather go and try doing this and uh, transitioning or changing. Not necessarily the way that uh, a typical sort of failure measure is is um, is ticked off. But anyway, let's... I think you're spot on. Yeah, I well, think it's a great point to make. Let's yeah. save that for another day. So, yeah. um, okay, so early days, three years running, franchises happening. Is your vision sort of uh, now pretty well the same as it was when you started? I mean, how big is this going to get for you? How big would you like it to get for you? So we will go across Australia and we're looking for 30 franchises uh, across Australia and then we'd like to go international. Hmm. We think that uh, we, you know, I, meant, I talked about social enterprise before. I think that what we're doing and uh, the, the, the kind of the mission behind She Business uh, drives each and every person involved uh, with our business to the point that what we're doing is important and it's important that we not stop. So 30 franchises across Australia and, and who knows from there, but certainly global um, expansion as well. Excellent. And again, I, I guess being the franchisor, now that you've got franchisees, you know, there's no kind of resting on your laurels, is there? You've got people every day saying, okay, Susie, what's next? What's next? You yes, know, and I is... thought I was. I thought I was going to put my feet up for a while. And <laughs> you got that wrong. <laughs> I sure did. 
Yeah, it's it's different. And you know that whole discussion we have about when you're growing a business and then you don't really do the stuff that you love doing at the beginning. Mm. And, and so our roles change and evolve, absolutely. And I think that if you're one of those people uh, who loves uh, new stuff and new challenges, franchising, you know, has, is, it, it, that's a daily thing for me. Right. So um, whereas I used to love leading she business groups and I'd get such a buzz from being in a room with all those amazing business women and I don't do that anymore. I have mentors and franchisees doing that and my role is really engaging with potential um, franchisees, looking at the way we train our franchisees and our mentors and uh, they're probably the two key areas that I'm working on. Mm, excellent. Okay. So it sounds like although you might not be doing some of the work that you loved at the outset, you're doing, and I can tell just from the energy in your voice that you're still doing a fair bit of work that you're enjoying. And it's, it is, um, as you've said, kind of pushing you to constantly think of new ideas and improve and move forward. So mm. yeah, that's excellent. Now, look, mm. let's, let, I'm going to move this off in a slightly, well, a totally different direction, actually. And, and have a look, uh, as you know, this is the Flying Solo podcast and where primarily our listeners come from those that are running their own business by themselves or in small groups. Hopefully we have a number on the call who may be considering looking at franchising or even, you know, whether that's setting up a franchise or, or buying a franchise perhaps. But I'd like to take us to a different sort of little space now and ask you, in your, in, in your sort of business life, and I know that you've worked in uh, the UK, you've, you've, you've clearly lived, lived and worked in Australia uh, totally now, but through looking back on your whole kind of business career, who has been the greatest influence on you and what did they teach you? So... Uh I was aware that this question was coming and I thought about this and when I when I we talked about this question it was actually around business or personal uh, over the over those years and for me in business it has been a variety of people uh, at different stages of my business growth I remember the times uh, very early on when I was back in Australia, Robin, the guidance and the mentoring you gave me was absolutely critical at that stage. So there have been incredible people who have contributed along the way. But really the person who has uh, influenced me the most is my husband. And <laughs> I really don't want this to, to sound corny when I say that he is a man who taught me about love in a very real way and mm. that love is something that you show and demonstrate and it is not an empty word to be thrown around and he has been a great person to watch and see how he treasures people and relationships and is prepared to go in service of those people and those relationships uh, to the nth degree. And uh, we've been married for 23 years. And I'd have to say that's been a remarkable process. It was certainly not a, a kind of family environment. My family were lovely, but right. that, was not, <laughs> that wasn't kind of the ethos mm. uh, for them. And so that has been the greatest influence, and he has. How wonderful. What a gorgeous thing to say. I do hope he listens in. Now, can we just give him a Christian name check, please? 
Warren. <laughs> Warren. Well, thank you, Warren. And uh, thank you for, for giving the business world or, or helping the business world um, benefit truly from Susie Jacobs and your work at She Business. So that's, that's, that's lovely. And it's, I love the way you talk there about love and how he um, has sort of demonstrated to you how it, it, it sort of shows up in, in all the decisions and actions and, and not, to be, not a word to be used lightly. And it is a word that we see being used fairly lightly, don't we? And it, it's it, and it's usually attached to you know rom coms and and as you said sort of lightly in in the way we talk about it mm. and his his father just very quickly his father is yeah, old and he there have been many times over the past couple of months where they thought he was in his last days mm. and I you know Warren's been managing that uh, but well, the one thing I know about him is that when his father does die, Warren will have no regrets because he doesn't ever think, oh, I must go and see my dad. He goes to see his dad. That's lovely, isn't it? Well, uh, oh, that we can, all, we can all be saying that. That's, that's a yeah. delightful sentiment. Look, thank you very much for sharing that response to that question. It's wonderful to, to hear that. Now, I think before we go, I, I'd, I'd like to um, draw attention to our, for our listeners to a, a wonderful scholarship you have. That's, it's closing pretty soon, but can you tell us a little bit about that? It's a $20,000 scholarship. It is, Rob, and uh, the, the woman, uh, Tanya Tipman and myself, we run this program through She Business, and we don't sell uh, special secret formulas to become a millionaire. <laughs> we don't um, have insider secrets that only if you sign up are we prepared to share. We talk about what it takes to build a business and we've been running this program for the past couple of years and had some great results mm. over two years, not in 90 days, not in no. over a weekend, over a couple of years, we've turned these businesses around and they continue to work in our CEO program and we wanted to let the market know and let some other woman who perhaps was on the cusp of breaking into that real growth stage in business, have the opportunity to join us and get that level of mentoring and consulting over the course of a year. So we came up with this idea that we would give them a scholarship to the Emerald Program and it will give them uh, 12 months of mentoring and consulting, a full day every month with both myself and Tanya Wow. Uh, and a group of 10 other non-competing businesses. And we do, I call it almost the CEO mentality. What do you need to know about business as a CEO so you get out of that doing mindset and really uh, sit at that CEO level and make decisions about your business from there so you end up with something which is sustainable, profitable and leveraged. Fantastic. So any woman listening to this who is prepared to come to Sydney once a month, I'm guessing. Yeah. Would that Sydney. be right? Yeah. Um, then they just need to pop along to shebusiness.com. And I think there's a pretty clear link up there in the top right-hand corner, if I remember rightly, um, where they can find details of this generous scholarship. And they need to move pretty quickly because it closes up. Sixth of June. Sixth of June. Okay. Well, look, we'll, uh, I think we've already got the word out a little bit. Uh, yeah. via Facebook so let's hope we get some more people along and that's a, a great opportunity so, so Susie thank you very much for joining us here on the Flying Solo podcast it's been great to have you talking with us and I uh, wish you well uh, we all wish you well in your continued uh, world dominance and um, <laughs> you know say hello to Warren from all 67,000 of us as well 
Fantastic. Thanks, Rob. All right. Thank you very much for your time. See you. Cheers. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo. I'm Robert Gerrish, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're looking to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, you'll find heaps of resources at flyingsolo.com.au and a supportive community on our forums and Facebook. Thanks for listening.